Hey guys, welcome back to Joko Yo. And this episode is gonna it, it's it was fun to research and it was fun to uh, put together things I already knew because you know that I love seeing the the big mix with the little and you know national to local and so forth. But uh, th this one is just about honestly as political as I'm ever going to get on this podcast. Okay, here we go. So, <laughs> so who would actually, at this point, actually be surprised if one of the three remaining candidates running for president in 2020 election threatened violence against another one? I mean, how surprised I mean, really would you be? I mean, one seems angry like all the time. Another one has said that he would like to beat up another one. And another one even said that he could shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue in New York City and still not lose any votes. I mean, just think of the... Re okay, I don't know. To add to the ridiculousness, the first one, at the time of this recording anyway, he's 79 years old. The second one is 78 and the, uh, the last one is 74. And I just have this idea that all three of those guys would be kicked out if they applied to, like, any assisted living facility. Like, they would call, I mean, I would imagine that the, <laughs> that the administrative staff would say, would say, yeah, no, we don't want his... We do not want his acid, his acidicness in our facility. You'll have to shop elsewhere. I mean, seriously, how in the world do we get to this location? Okay, well, I'm actually going to, despite the laughter, I'm actually going to argue here that these pugilistic older gentlemen and their dreams and their threats are actually a return to form in American history after a lapse of civility. Now, we actually, you know, for the last de last century, we actually acted like we were civilized for a bit. I, I guess, I guess our bad. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, it's it's basic market driven capitalism. These guys wouldn't be serious contenders. I mean, really think about it. These guys would not be serious, legitimate contenders for the office of presidency. Like, their brand's popularity only exists because there are markets for their brand. People want to see these old... I mean, and now if you're over 70, I apologize. I'm not saying that you're old. But these guys, these guys, it's not their age it's the anger associated, I don't know, I don't know. In other words, we want these guys and what they represent and how they present themselves or, you know, or whatever, or, or they wouldn't be actual candidates. A product is only successful if there is a market for that product. I'm actually arguing that these guys are a return to form after three quarters of a century of civility. The 20th century was 
it seems, the exception for the United States. These guys haven't actually threatened violence towards each other, at least not yet. Yet. Well, I guess one of them did. But history is full of examples of politicians not just threatening violence against each other, but actually committing it. I mean, you know, it's one thing it's one thing to say you'd like to beat him up, and it's another thing to actually beat him up. I mean, okay, look. It seems like, based on history, that this is normal. Uh, to quote Thomas Jefferson, let facts be presented to a candid world. I want to use these two examples from European history. The the groundbreaking scientist Tycho Brahe got into an argument with his cousin once over who was the better astronomer and scientist, and it got so heated that he and his cousin decided they could only receive satisfaction to their quarrel through dueling. So they drew swords, and they sword fought until they were satisfied, or at least they thought they were, because then the argument came back two days later. They went outside, again, mad enough to fight, they went outside at night and drew swords. Tycho's cousin came down with a sword across Tycho's nose bridge and sliced off his nose. Tycho wore a metal nose for the rest of his life. A metal nose, no kidding, look it up. In England... The writer Ben Johnson and Gabriel Spencer got into an argument over who had the best theater troupe. I guess you've got to have a reason. Ben Johnson and Gabriel Spencer in 1598 got into a duel so that they could get some satisfaction. That's what they used to call it back in those days, and maybe that's what Mick Jagger wanted. A duel. I don't know. So... So, in the duel between Ben Johnson and Gabriel Spencer, Johnson killed Spencer and went on to write more plays. Shakespeare himself actually starred in one. But, you know, it is actually in America that dueling becomes an art. And also where it turns political, of course, because it's America. The most famous duel in American history was in 1804 between former and first Secretary of the Treasury Alexander Hamilton and the sitting, vice, the sitting Vice President of the United States, Aaron Burr. Now, there was a lot of animosity between the two, but Hamilton thought so little of Burr that he preferred his own enemy over Burr for the presidency, and it split the party over it. As Hamilton would say it, as much as he hated Thomas Jefferson, he never doubted that Jefferson loved this country. He, on the other hand, thought that Burr was only seeking the presidency to benefit himself. Hamilton openly said as much. And when he did, Burr demanded satisfaction. But again, that's code for duel. A duel followed in which Burr, a sitting vice president, shot and killed Alexander Hamilton. He fled the country and an arrest warrant. He would indeed later be found in the West conspiring to convince Westerners to secede from the United States and form a new country with him as president. He even tried to enlist Andrew Jackson to his cause. Say so he had his house there for a little bit. Which brings us to America's most prolific dueler, 
and some people present at Jackson's death said said that when they tried to move his body, it rattled like a child's toy because it was so full of bullets that he had collected from duels. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it was said. Of his 13 known and 10 other suspected duels, most of them were to defend his wife Rachel's honor. Now, he challenged a Colonel Waitzel Avery in North Carolina in 1788. He challenged Thomas Hart Benton in Tennessee. Both were later congressmen and friends. Charles Dickinson um, in Tennessee. Everyone said he was the best shot in the state. Accused Jackson of cheating when gambling on horse races, which Jackson disliked. That got him killed by Jackson in a duel in 1806. Now, Dickinson was by far not the only man Jackson killed, and he certainly was not the only one he wanted to kill. Andrew Jackson said near the end of his life that his greatest regret was not killing Congressman Henry Clay. And Henry Clay himself was no stranger to duels either. John Randolph of Virginia once insulted Clay, who challenged him to a duel. No, nobody died that time. Clay was from Kentucky. Abraham Lincoln himself was actually born there, too. And Honest Abe, when he was a congressman, he criticized the performance of the state auditor, James Shields, in public. Shields wanted to defend his honor. Lincoln chose swords. And then they decided to request satisfaction. Lincoln chose swords. Lincoln had really long arms. It was to his benefit. But they ended up both reconciling before the actual fight. So good. So where in the world is Johnston County in all this? Well, a duel with probably more political weight in American history than any other duel, except the Hamilton Bird duel, it actually happened on the 5th of September, 1802 in New Bern. I mean, I know not Johnston, but stay with me here, here a bit. Richard Dobbs Spate was a former governor of North Carolina and one of North Carolina's three signers of the U.S. Constitution. He's a big deal. He was running for a third term representing New Bern in the North Carolina General Assembly. Now... There was a guy named John Stanley who was a political firebrand. I mean, he was mouthy. He ran a pretty dirty campaign against Spate and insulted Spate at every possible turn. I mean, it worked. I mean, it's not like modern politicians. Never mind. Well, Stanley won. Two years later, Spate ran for General Assembly again. And Stanley was there, accusing Spate of being a politician for hire, switching parties whenever it benefited him, lacking honor. Well, Spate was insulted, of course, and he wrote papers, he wrote uh, letters to the paper attacking Stanley for attacking him. Stanley said Spate was there for, since he did that and didn't come to his face, he said, Stanley said the spate was unmanly and had a low and malicious spirit in a speech in New Bern that was very well attended. Spate then called Stanley a liar in the papers and a scoundrel, and that pretty much did it. Stanley demanded a duel. He demanded satisfaction. Spate, heck, he was ready, too. He was done with it. 
So at 5.30 p.m., in front of 300 witnesses behind the Masonic Hall in New Bern, the two men shot at each other four times while people begged them to stop. Now, normally in these duels, it was it, it's not about actually killing anybody or hurting anybody. It's just, it's just about shooting once, say you shot at them, okay, you stood up for yourself, knowing, knowing that they, would, they could possibly hit you, but you stood there and whatever came, came, and that was enough. One shot, one round was enough to end the duel. These guys shot each other four times. They hated each other. People walked up to them and, and begged them to stop the duel. And and Stanley's second actually told the crowd, anybody else that tries to stop this duel, I will shoot them. And so they shot each other four times. And John Stanley killed Richard Dobbs Spate, a signer of the Constitution. Spate's, friend and New, Spate's friends in New Bern charged Stanley with murder, understandably, Stanley then appealed directly to the governor of North Carolina, who responded with a full pardon, expressing sympathy for Stanley. In this pardon, the governor said it was a matter of honor and hinted that he had been in similar situations before. I understand. So the governor of North Carolina that pardoned Stanley for the killing of one of the founders of North Carolina? That guy was Benjamin Williams the only governor that Johnston County has ever produced. But it seems that Johnston has another connection to this American pastime. The Lassiter family uh, is, is well known in Johnston County. There has been a sheriff named Lassiter in Johnston, and the name Lassiter was closely associated with the Smithfield Herald for years. Now, I'm not even remotely saying that the entire family is or even claims to be associated with the following events and story, but some do. Elijah Lasser was born in 1743 in Virginia, served as a private in the Revolution, and as so many did and has been discussed a few times in this podcast, he received land for his service. So he came to Johnston County from Northampton County, where he and many of his descendants still um, were settled around Black Creek. But uh, about 80 years before his birth, his great-great-grandfather Thomas was in Virginia working off his indenture. Thomas's brother, Edward, had gotten into a disagreement in Plymouth with a fellow indentured servant named Edward Doty. Some of America's earliest records has the name Lassiter in them. Now, the spelling of the name is a bit different based on the time and location, but the sound is the same and the connection is verified. For example, Sir Walter Raleigh spelled his name like five times, five different ways. You can see Raleigh spelled the way we're used to seeing. We see Raleigh spelled R-O-L-L-Y, R-O-L-L-E-Y. And so last names tend to be the same way for nearly everybody in the time periods. So two Lassiter brothers, and in and, and the old spelling here, it was L-E-I-S-T-E-R. These Lassiter brothers were early... Oh, I should point back. Two Lassiter brothers were early to the American colonies, both as indentured servants, as most people were. It seems they had a disagreement over a girl, and Edward Lassiter and Edward Doty got into the very first recorded duel in American history on June 8, 1621, in the land of the Pilgrims. 
Indeed, to prevent such future behavior, they had only landed eight months earlier, William Bradford himself sentenced them to be hog-tied and left in that position for 24 hours. Now, I should mention that, that Thomas Lassiter was an indentured servant to John Potts in Jamestown, Virginia, and Edward Laster, his brother, was actually on the Mayflower on its way to Plymouth Rock. He was indentured to Stephen Hopkins and was a signer of the Mayflower Compact. Some records suggest that he had to be convinced to do so, but still, Edward Lasseter does not seem to have particularly enjoyed his indenture since as soon as it was done and he had fulfilled his contract, he headed south to be with his brother in Jamestown. He didn't make it, though. Records show that he died in a fight with the Native American before he got there. But in this case, back to it, this guy, Edward Lasseter, and the guy he was dueling with, Edward Doty, were sent to be hogtied for 24 hours. Now, imagine yourself having to be hogtied for 24 hours. How painful that had to be. Fearing permanent muscular damage of some good workers, Stephen Hopkins begged William Bradford to release them after a little more than one hour. He did as a favor to Hopkins, but the record of the very first duel in American history had been written, and there is yet another Johnston County connection to this practice. I've often thought that a study in local history is far more instructive and contains far more honesty than studies in broader national and world history. Sure, I mean, there's spin, but there's a whole lot less of it, allowing us to make our own connections. How we're doing as a nation is less decided at the national level than at the local level. And as of yet, our local politicians in 2020 have yet to demand satisfaction through dueling. Being able to rely on the ballot was sometimes paid for by relying on the bullet. That's true. Hopefully, I think, those days are behind us now. But I'll be watching the news to see. I don't know. Y'all, it's been fun. Uh, history of dueling, national international and right here at home and y'all hope you have a great day and uh until next time y'all be good